Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you may find yourself as you listen to this. This is another episode of It's a Black and White Thing. I am one half of the dynamic duo. I am Carlos Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at a one the LP. That's A O N E T H E L P. All letters. Facebook.com backslash A one the LP. Uh, remember, if you hit me up looking to be a friend on there, let me know you listen to the show. Otherwise, I don't accept randoms. Uh, only friends and family now. So you can also listen to the show at SoundCloud.com backslash A one the LP. Podomatic.com is on its way as well. Uh, when that's all set up and available, I'll let you know. I'll tweet that out, put that on my Facebook page. And as always, I'm joined by the homie, the the white guy. <laughs> What's A up, Ward. y'all? Y'all know. A Ward. Holler at me. Facebook, Kimsey. A Ward Bars, Instagram. It's good to be here. I was the late one, wasn't I? Yeah. I, I showed up late. I, I'm telling you. I'm just saying. We, we break stereotypes here. Right. I'm the on-time guy. I'm the black guy. I'm getting here, you know, 15 minutes early. I was here 6.45. It's a black and white thing, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's a so black and white thing. We smashing stereotypes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> How you been, the, man? Good, 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 good. good. Um, you, know, you know, we've been off for a little bit of time. I've been a little bit busy, mm-hmm. you know, life and things going on. I've been ranting in my head for three weeks um about Lord stuff that's help been going us. on. So Lord I'm, I'm excited us. to be here. Excited to get this uh get this podcast in and get it out to the people uh so we can hear from them as well, get their feedback. So uh yeah. You ready? Cool man, I'm good. Let's 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 dive into it, man. What we got on the cool, agenda cool. for know, today. Hold up before we do that though. I'm sorry, I'm being rude. Nope. Forgive my rudeness. You're not being rude. Yeah I am. No, so how how have you been? Because we haven't seen each other for a minute. Well I've been good man. I've been good. Um it's good to come back uh you know, on a, on a little bit of a winning streak for my team. So, you know, I'm in good spirits a little bit there. So, um, sports related. I'm talking about fantasy football, college football. I'm just, I'm, I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. So, uh, work's good. The old lady's good. Uh, old lady. No kids yet. So, God is good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool, cool. Let's get into it. You remind me of something, too. We're going to talk about Tennessee and Missouri a little bit, too. Oh, man. You can break that down because you, you, you were talking a little bit, a little big. But anyway. We'll get to that. Um, right. um, so first thing, you know, it's Thursday night. Uh, Thursday night football is popping off, and I actually semi-care about it tonight because, you know, Kansas City is the town. The Chiefs are taking on the Raiders in Oakland uh, in about an hour. Seven and three Chiefs, right? Seven and three Chiefs. When yep. is uh, four straight? Yeah. Am I right? Four straight, yeah. Six yep. of the last seven. San Francisco is the last team to put the L on them. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, Six and uh, four Niners, right? Six and four, okay. six and four. Should sure be we get seven. the records out there. You know, it should be seven and three, but, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, yeah, so big game going down tonight in Oakland. Um, and if they can win this game, keep pace with Denver, who was taking on Miami in Denver, going to have a big game this weekend for them. They will meet each other next Sunday or two Sundays Sunday from night. now. Prime time, Sunday right? night football for the division lead, uh, in which, you know, that could very much be the decider right mm-hmm. there. Um, so, uh, so we were actually having this conversation on Facebook and, you know, we're kind of going back and forth. What do you think is going to take place tonight? Oh, I think the Chiefs win by two touchdowns. Um, and honestly, I hear that it's supposed to rain. I think forecast is showing, uh, is showing rain in Oakland tonight, which I think plays into the hands of the Chiefs as well, because I feel like that they, I already was under the impression they really need to pound a rock 
And so I think that the weather is going to uh, – they're going to have to incorporate that more into their game plan anyway. Um, and we all know Andy Reid loves to throw the football. But I think that last week he is coming off probably one of the best called games of his tenure in Kansas City um, as far as play calling is concerned. And so I, I, I just think – I understand trap games. I get it. Um, I get it more on a college level. Um, I just think that um, on the in the NFL, like uh, you know, I mean, of course you can lose to anybody on any given day, but it's just, I mean, zero and ten. You know, the zero and ten Raiders. I, I just I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening with the with the. It's not like they're you know zero and ten with a veteran quarterback. I mean, they're they're zero and ten for a reason. So I just don't see it happening, man. So I'm here to caution Chiefs fans. Because, and I put this on Facebook, I think Monday, that if you are going to, that you should not count your chickens before they're hatched. Um, I'm going to put this out here. And for KU fans, you might want to close your ears, <laughs> walk outside. Uh, back in, I think it was 2010, 2011. No KU slander. <laughs> I am that- barely... Barely functioning right now. Oh, we're going to talk about that game. Barely functioning right now. We're going to talk about that game. No KU slender. Trent, the baby's calling. Or get to step it. Trent, the baby's calling. The baby is calling. Oh, man. So Speaking of... Uh, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me, let's stay focused. I got to get this out. So back in, like I said, I, matter of fact, I got the laptop out. Let me let me look up the name Ali Farouk Manesh. Um, <laughs> there you go. Good old Northern Iowa reference. <laughs> um, so back in the day, you know, this is, I said back in the day, but it's probably like three, four years ago, four years ago, the Kansas Jayhawks were the number one, or I think they might have been the overall yeah. number one that year. They, they were a number they one seed for sure. Were, yeah, because it was an 8-1 eight, match, matchup. They were going to the second round of the NCAA tournament. They were taking on the Northern Iowa Panthers. Um, and I remember hearing KU fans. I was at the barbershop that day, that Saturday. They're, oh, man, we got this. Right. We got this. These guys aren't that good. And they were just so sure this was a Final Four team. And then Ali Farouk Manesh was hitting jumpers all over the court. Let me explain to you that that jump shot that he hit is probably one of the top five favorite jump shots in history for me. And it's not because it came against KU. It's because he probably shouldn't have shot it. Oh, no, there he was shouldn't like, have. There was like 40 seconds left, and he was just like, heat check. You know what? <laughs> I'm feeling it. It was like the most egocentric. Because hey, they were talking like they were talking like they weren't they weren't <laughs> backing down. And so that when I when I put that on Facebook, I didn't put that out there because I wasn't trying to, you know, take a unnecessary shot at KU fans. Mm-hmm. And I'm not now. But it just seemed like the the response that I got back on Facebook was, "Well, we got this. Yeah. We got this. Like they're they're like you said, they're zero and ten. They're not good, but their defense, their defense has played not great, but their defense has kept them in games and made games. The Patriots game, like I put sixteen and nine, right? Uh, the game against uh, Seattle, they scored late and and it had to try to onside kick, but that was a thirty to twenty four game. Mm-hmm. Um, they kept up with Peyton in Oakland for a half. Like these guys have had games where their defense has kept them in it, and yes, they're old, uh, but Khalil Mack is a rookie and a guy yeah. who's going to be a yep. threat. He's very, yeah, you know, for for years to come. So you know, Chiefs fans, I'm predicting. I'll say 20 to 7. 20 to 7? 20 to 7. Just because, you know, again, they're coming, the Chiefs are coming off a game where it had a lot of attention, a lot of focus on it because these were the defending champions. They're coming into Arrowhead. It was cold as heck. You know, 
um, like you said, Andy Reid called an incredible game, yeah. an incredible game. Um, and again, you have the next game on the schedule is Denver. And when their scoreboard watching, right. I know, I mean, they're looking at their records. We're technically, I shouldn't say we, but technically Casey and Denver are tied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know. I mean, I I, I, I can definitely see the uh, your point. I mean, it's the division game. It's the Chiefs Raiders. And Chiefs, and I, that's what kind of threw me off guard is um, the people that kind of commented on your thread was, oh, we got this. But really what it is is Kansas City people know that it's Chiefs Raiders, just like mm-hmm. it's Chiefs Chargers, just like it's Chiefs Broncos. Regardless of the records or the schedules every year, it's Chiefs. I'm more of an outsider, uh, you know, um, from the Kansas City area. But just in watching, you know, watching the teams play and just looking at one team and how they are just rolling and moving forward, like, I, to me, there has just got to be some kind of crazy debacle for this, for, for Oakland to, one, win, you know. Don't talk to me about debacles. Right. And, and, oh and two, for, you know, it to even come down to, like, a last possession type thing. So, um but that's why they play the game, right? That's why right, they kick it right. off tonight. Um, yeah, and, and I'm telling if they and again if they would if they had like you know I, I forget the name I threw out there. I think I said Sean Hill. Mm-hmm. If they have a yeah a, Sean Hill or Brian, uh, Hoyer, uh, yeah Brian Hoyer. Yeah. If they have a veteran guy, I mm-hmm. think the Raiders would be kind of like the Rams. Um, the Rams right. have more talent. Yeah, I think they do. I think they have more talent. They got more young uh, young that stars. defensive. That defensive line for the wow. Rams is amazing. Wow. Like as a 49er fan, I mean, they played them twice. Um, in that second game, sat Kaepernick eight times. They well, made, I mean, they've been under the radar. When you play in the same division with the 49ers and you're talking defensive lines, you know, I mean, yeah. come on, you know. Yeah. And <laughs> so you're flying kind of under the radar until you get out of division Seattle, and they're like, whoa, this yeah. is. <laughs> Seattle, San Francisco. Yeah. And, and it, they're young and it's St. Louis. Like I've been to games in St. Louis and, you know. There, there are reasons why there are rumors that that team is moving to L.A. Yeah. They exist for a reason. It's a baseball town. But, yeah, like, I mean, they pressure Peyton all game long. Peyton's passes killed two of his receivers, R.I.P. <laughs> Emmanuel, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Sanders and Andre Caldwell. Yep. Um, you know, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Man. And that that hit. That hit on Caldwell, oh, not on Caldwell, but uh, on Manuel it's, Sanders is is the reason why my child would not play football. <laughs> it's the reason why my kid would not play football. Legal hit. If my kid got hit like that in little league, I'd probably take him out. But if <laughs> I mean that, that's a if you haven't seen it, please check it out. It's a vicious hit. I mean, and it's a legal hit. He he launches himself, but yeah. he leads with his shoulder. He makes contact with the shoulder. There is some incidental contact with the helmets, but that's not what. You know, killed him. It was pretty much the whiplash from being blasted oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. while laid out, and you know, kind of the whole you know velocity, time, speed, whatever <laughs> yeah. equation. So yeah, so so yeah, big game tonight. You said they went by two touchdowns. I say twenty to yeah. seven. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna go thirty to sixteen. So all right, I'm gonna give the Raiders and I'm gonna give Derek Carr uh, a solid touchdown drive and then a, and then a few field goals. Right, so okay, so okay. cool, cool, cool. All right, all right. So enough of that topic. We're going to move on to another cup, uh, a few more things in the NFL. Secondly, and this is this is why I had. To, I think I texted you and Trent yesterday about mm-hmm. you know, hey, we need to do the show because I'm I like I said I've I've been wanting to do a show for three weeks, but because of life, I couldn't do it, and I've been ranting like a madman in my head. And this story does it have something to do with Roger Goodell? We're getting there. Oh, okay. We're going right. to get there. Yeah. I wish I could just sit down with that guy and talk to him for about an hour. <laughs> um. <laughs> RG3. Oh, yeah, yeah. RG3. So, 
If you don't know, they played the Buccaneers, a team that is still at two and eight. Is still in the chase for the NFC South. They're only two games. Back. That division though is just wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of salty that a team will not a good team from the West, NFC West, will not make the playoffs. Right. Because, and the four and six Falcons are in first place. But uh, they took on the Redskins this weekend. Mm-hmm. RG three played terribly. The team played terribly as a whole. They lost twenty seven to seven, I believe, was the final score. They made Josh McCown kind of yeah. and Mike Evans. Yeah, look like seven know, receptions, two hundred five or two hundred nine yards. Yeah, like wow. as a as a DB, I don't know how I would feel if someone put those kind of numbers on my head. Well, seven. I mean, seven receptions on seven. We're it, talking thirty yards a catch. I yeah. mean, you know, you see Alshon Jeffrey put up twelve receptions for one thirty five, and you're like, okay, okay cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was a couple screen passes. Maybe he just you know turned into first downs. We're talking <laughs> like every route he goes out, he is stumping your head. Like, but I'm sorry, we digress. Where's Fred Smoot when you need him, <laughs> or D'Angelo Hall, oh, yeah. who tore his ACL with pizza. I don't know what it is about pizza and NFL players. You had uh, Nate Burleson break his arm last year, right? You should listen. You should listen to the story on that. It's kind of funny, but listening to Drake trying to get a slice of pizza. Oh my god! Lost gosh. control, crash. Yeah. <laughs> what I mean that, but anyway, and nothing was the same after that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So RG three played terribly against the the Redskins, and after the game, he was being asked questions about, you know, about how he performed. He said, "Well, the sacks are all on he. There were sacks six times. He said those are all on me." And they said, "Well, what's the difference between the ten and sixteen from two years ago and now?" And he he goes on to say, "Well." Uh, it was a team then, you know, it's not about one guy. It's never, should never be about one guy. Um, and he goes on to reference how Brady Rogers Manning, how if their teammates don't play well, then they don't play well. Mm -hmm. And this is why I do not like the media. This is why I do not trust the media. And he went on to talk about how, you know, he expects his teammates to elevate their level of play and they should. And, he expects they should expect that of him, and he knows they expect that of okay. him. And he went on. Yeah, he went on to say again, "I need to play better." Mm-hmm. The media took that one statement of if Brady Manning Rogers teammates don't play well, they don't play well, and threw him and and said, "Well, RG three throws teammates under the bus." Jay Gruden, and look, full disclosure, I am not a big Jay Gruden fan. I thought <laughs> I thought he was a mediocre to terrible play caller in Cincinnati. That is my opinion. Um, he gets that's on, just because you had Giovanni Bernard, right? Well, <laughs> no, no, not exactly. Not not all. I just didn't like the play calling. Yeah, uh, the game against uh, San Diego in the playoffs. I thought the play calling. I thought he was too out of balance. I yeah. didn't think he ran it enough, and not just because I had Gio. Actually, I like Gio as a as a player. Mm-hmm. Not just because he's on my fantasy team. Shouts out to Gio Bernard. Shouts out to Jeremy Hill. I do have you in my other league. Killed it. But anyway, uh, but uh, nah, like he 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 gets up, and I want to make sure I quote him correctly. So I I I got it pulled up here. He says Robert had some fundamental flaws. His footwork was below average. He took three step drops when he should have taken five. He took one step drops when he should have taken three on a couple of occasions. That can't happen. He stepped up when he didn't have to step up and stepped into pressure. He read the wrong side of the field a couple of times. From his basic performance, just critiquing Robert, it was not even close to being good enough for what we expect from the quarterback position. Wow. Now, if that was Jay Gruden sitting on a panel 
at CBS Sports of Fox Sports, and he is not the coach of the Washington Redskins. Right, of course. Yeah, if he's doing Gruden camp with his brother yeah. and he's unemployed by exactly. an NFL team, yeah. that is acceptable. But the head coach got to keep that in-house. I mean, come on. And again, again, this is why I despise, I'm not, I shouldn't say despise the media, but this is why I'm not trusting of the media and how they report a lot of things is because all I saw in the aftermath of this, again, was RG3 throws critics under the bus. You had Deshaun Jackson putting on Instagram the next day. You cannot do epic bleep. You can, you know, mm -hmm. with basic people. And so people took that and ran with it as that was his response mm -hmm. to RG3. I don't know. We're assuming that. And there was very little criticism of the head coach basically taking his leaders and not just cutting him off at the knees. He went ahead, he just took he just cut him off at the torso, <laughs> cut him in half. Because if I'm Deshaun Jackson and I hear Jay Gruden say that one, and you know, Deshaun Jackson, I'm not gonna say he's a knucklehead, he has that reputation. Right. We would but we do know of Deshaun that he is his own individual. Mm -hmm. We'll say that. Yes. If you're Deshaun Jackson and you hear your coach criticize the leader of your offense like that, at what point do I need to respect you? Of course. Yeah, I see. I think Jay Gruden needs to take a page out of Tom Coughlin's book and just uh, – <laughs> because, I mean, I, I'm sure that this past weekend Tom Coughlin could have probably said the same thing about his quarterback, but, hey. Five interceptions. Maybe it's a black and white thing. I mean <laughs> – <laughs> And, you know, again, it just it shows how, how fast you can fall. RG3 was a media darling two years ago. Yeah, of course. He was the people's champ in Washington. And then, you know, the last two seasons, first it was we want Kirk Cousins. Mm -hmm. Now people are clamoring for Colt McCoy. Sad. And, and that's a sad state of affairs for your franchise when you're clamoring for Colt McCoy. Again, nothing against Colt McCoy. I like Colt McCoy. But Probably a great guy. But you got to know what you have in RG3. And I'm not sure that Jay Gruden knows that yet. But to come out and just blast him like that. Yeah, again. Yeah. You got to keep that in-house. You got to tell. And if you feel like his comments were out of pocket, if he was talking out of turn, again, behind closed doors, hey, Robert, you can't do that. And then Well, the you, crazy thing is he had time to sit and think about his comments and came out the next day with even more. Right. He <laughs> followed came, up with even more belittling yeah, comments that I've should made, have yeah. stayed in-house. Made, we've um, made this too much about one person. I mean, what kind of advantage has he given the competition for next week? You know, I mean, just, you know, billboard material for the defensive ends and just, uh, I mean, they're going to be in RG3's head all game long. Well, and if I were a team, because I don't, I mean, Robert has a team option for next year. I'm pretty sure at this point I would be shocked if they declined it. Um but if I were a team and I were looking, I don't, I can't think of a team off the top of my head because most of the even the bad teams have young quarterbacks, right? Um, but let's just say Oakland. I'm just throwing it out there because they're playing tonight. They got, yeah. they have cars, so they don't really need RG three. But if I wanted to take a flyer on the guy for a year, I'd offer the Redskins a six round pick and just see maybe it's it's time to move on. Of course, why not? I mean, yeah, I mean he needs to be separated from that uh, from that uh, uh, franchise. So, yeah, but yeah, so Jay Gruden, you know, if, if somebody gets this in his hands, come holler at me. You know, we can <laughs> we can have some media. I can, I'm here for you, Jay. RG3, I'm here for you. Now, John Gruden, on the other hand, is just a great individual. Wow, John Gruden is crazy. I am such a John Gruden fan. I read anything, a great article did you, on John you, Gruden. This a week. couple of weeks ago, he said anything on any given Sunday, anything can happen on Monday night. <laughs> that sounds like a Trent Dilfer uh, quote. <laughs> I, oh, what was the quote? You can't you can't lose in the NFL and expect to win. 
Yeah. That was a Trent Dilfer quote, right? That was a Trent Dilfer quote. Yep. So, so yeah. Sounds so. like something DJ Trey would say. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, I mean, that, that situation is crazy, but we'll, we'll keep it moving. We'll keep it moving. RG3, Jay, I'm here for you. Media training. I got you. Come hit me up. You can't. RG3, you got to word things, word things better. Jay, you cannot, and under any circumstance, cut your quarterback in half like yeah. that publicly. So come holler at me. We We're got moving you. to San Francisco. <laughs> come on. No, 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 no. I, okay. Hold up. Since you brought it up, since you brought it up, I have gone from driving the Colin Kaepernick bandwagon to I'm sitting in the middle. Oh, really? I'm sitting. Yeah, because you know. So I give you an the example. The back of the bus is where it's at. I'm not there yet. I'm holding out hope that he can get better. Because here's the thing. He'll do things like that play against the, the Seahawks. Right. Yeah, the 50-yard. The 30-yard, 37-yard yeah. jump pass to Bowden. Oh, that one, yeah. He'll have the uh, the play against St. Louis where he scrambles mm-hmm. to his left um, and he throws a touch pass to Bowden in the back of the end zone uh, from about the same distance. Yeah. The pass against the Saints where he, you know, Put scrambles in, to yeah. his left, hits, hits Crabtree for the bomb. But then you have those plays where you go – Colin, no, like, but then you also have the fact that you don't want to have to rely on those kind of plays as a quarterback. Well, I think think you don't want to have to throw that pass against the Saints. True, but I think it's one of those in every game there are those plays where a quarterback has to do that. So what I mean by that is, it's a it's one of those plays that make you go wow. So Philip Rivers, until you know he got injured. He was having that kind of season where he was making these incredible throws that were just perfect. Right. We had the discussion about Peyton being, you know, is Peyton Manning the best deep ball thrower in the game? You know, and the fact that he he puts it where it needs to be. Last year, Emmanuel Sanders. And Andre Once again, Caldwell. Yeah. Rest in peace to Emmanuel Man, Sanders. Man, rest in peace. Our condolences. Yes. Our condolences. Um, but, you know, there I think a, a quarterback at that level has to make those plays at least once or twice a game. Mm-hmm. Um and he's able to do that, but sometimes with he he does he has gotten better at going through progressions at you know looking at second and third receivers. The problem has been with the O line a little bit. They they've been shuffling players back and forth. People have been injured, and you know that St. Louis game was an example. That defensive line was getting pressure with just four, and he was getting back at that fifth drop, seventh step drop, and his eyes were already looking down at at the linemen who were rushing him. Um, so, I mean, you know, I, I fear that Colin Kaepernick would be one of those people who will always tease you with those great plays that he makes. And then the rest of the time you'll spend tearing your hair out. And, you know, that's the worst kind of quarterback to have, <laughs> man. And I the and I worst. happen and I happen to root for two teams who have quarterbacks who do exact ball security, fumbling the <laughs> right. ball and throwing and just interceptions. Make a crazy play. Out of nowhere. Um, yeah. Shouts out to Notre Dame and Every Ghost. Yep. You're still the homie. You're creeping up on that time to that Tommy Reese level where I don't. I'm ready for you to go. You're not there yet. You're like a quarter of a way there. But you know, shout out to him though, man. Y'all, you still the homie. You know, it's still Notre Dame for life. <laughs> but anyway, um, but moving on. Um, the next topic, uh, Adrian Peterson. And this is again. This I'm is, done with Adrian Peterson. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm done with Adrian. Peterson. I may be done with Adrian Peterson in about the next 15 minutes. Pause if, if applicable. But for right now, so if you haven't heard, Adrian Peterson, uh, he was indicted on beating his child. He was, shouts out to Trent and the Board of Education, by the way. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> he pled down from a Hilarious. felony to a misdemeanor. 
uh, which led to, you know, some community service and probationary type stuff that he has to fulfill. He has been on the commissioner's exempt list since I think like week two. Yeah. It's been a night he's missed. I think he played the first game he's been, he hasn't played since then. He petitioned the league for his immediate uh, removal from that list and back onto the active roster so he can play with Minnesota and Hey, you know, Radisson, I see you, you, I saw a report that said that you were thinking about coming back and being on the banner and, and doing things with the Vikings. I think Pepsi, you know, you guys were so outraged in the moment that you wanted to leave, but now that things have cooled down and now that no one really cares anymore from a public outrage standpoint, you're coming back. I see you. I see you. I do. Um, and so Roger Goodell and look, it was a genius move. He decided to suspend Adrian for the rest of the season and said that he had not shown enough regret or remorse in the, in the time since he's been convicted through the text text messages that he said about, you know, I tear, I tore his butt up good. I got him good. And so now there's a grievance. Uh, there's a, a an immediate appeal from the Players Association, and they are, are, are asking that Roger recuse himself and that they have an independent arbitrator hear this case out. Um and if if you listen to the show, you know I've not been a fan of Roger Goodell. I've ever. called I not I wouldn't say ever, but I have called for his removal from president when this first Ray Rice thing went down and then Adrian Peterson's situation happened. I've since backed away from that a little bit and said, look, because I'm not a guy who calls for people's jobs normally. I that's I rarely do that. I, I can think of twice I've done it. Scotty Brooks with the Thunder last year, and I said maybe, and then with Roger Goodell. Um and the person who came up with Bill Cosby's meme idea on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I did say that person, that's grounds for termination. With all the things that were swirling around him to say, hey, I have a good idea to fix Bill Cosby's image. Let's go amongst a bunch of young hipsters and say, meme me with all the stuff that's going around. So, yes. Um, but Roger Goodell has not learned a thing from Ray Rice. He's not learned one single thing to come down and be heavy handed and to say that he has not shown remorse. And I and I put out a I read an article that talks about how in the criminal justice system, excuse me, how judges want to see people be remorseful. Okay. And how you cannot truly judge how remorseful someone is because someone could just literally get up there and say what you want to say. And you could it's like a code ex- of conduct, like a list of what you have to do to be remorseful. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so Roger has not learned his lesson in suspending Adrian Peterson. He's bending to the will of public pressure that, in my opinion, is not even there. It doesn't exist right now. Right. Um, people aren't really outraged over Adrian Peterson, no. what he's done anymore. People have forgotten because, again, football meatheads, football, football, football. They don't care anymore. Right. They cared in the moment. It's done and over. And if he came back, there would be a little bit of a blip, but no one would care again. Yeah. Um, and the league, the, the Players Association, DeMora Smith, listen, listen to me. In a few years, when it, ta- when it comes time for collective bargaining, you need to remove Roger. Hey, Roger, if you're listening, you need to step down. If you haven't removed yourself. You need to remove Roger from being the judge and jury. The NFL should not, and I repeat, should not be policing the off-the-field lives of players. I agree. Point blank. They should not. They should have an independent panel who should be arbitrating these things and handling them. So that way, if this, rate, if this panel had screwed up, 
it doesn't fall in the league. Right, right. Um, Roger Goodell has been the most uh, punitive commissioner in terms of handing out these punishments in in sports history. Shout out to punitive. <laughs> Just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, that's me getting my fake journalism on right yep, there. Yep. But you know, I mean it 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 just it I don't get it. I don't get why you suspend him. And then by doing that, he knew what he was doing because even with the appeals process, December second is when it, the appeal will be heard. We got um, right. three weeks left in the season. Right. You're taking away this guy's life. So ideally, if you were in Roger Goodell's position, what would you do? He would be reinstated immediately. 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 Able to play. Able to play. It's a misdemeanor. And so based on... Because he's suspended without pay. Well, he was... No, he got paid. That commissioner's list, him and Greg Hardy were able to get paid. Okay. So even if you want to... for the rest of the year, he's suspended without pay, correct? Right. Well, the the arbitrator ruled that he could be put back on the the exempt list until they hear the the arbitration. Until December 2nd. And even if you look at the example of Ray Rice, his appeal was heard three weeks ago and we haven't heard jack about it like what's taking so long like it you heard from all the parties i feel like we live in a what's taking so long society now (laughs) well yeah i mean we are impatient and that has to do with social media i mean 15 years ago you know it's nobody would care you know and just be like well when the news comes out the news comes out you know and now everything is just so instant and all the news and and i don't i don't mean to shed lightly on anything but you know like i mean just a lot of a lot of things that happen to say we want to know. No, 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 no. Because it has been accessible to us in the past. So, Well, 10 years ago, Kobe Bryant was taking plane trips to Eagle, Colorado during the season. He liked the winter out there. The snow, the bunnies. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He, he was taking trips to Eagle, Colorado for a, a sexual assault case. And... There was a little bit of uproar, but nothing like you hear now. When oh, no. I mean, with the stuff about Bill Cosby has been known forever, but a, a comedian kind of makes a, some some offhanded remarks about it, and now it's it's almost kind of like the Tiger thing. And how many women are going to come out and say Bill Cosby right raped me or you know or assaulted me? So I mean, you're exactly right. Social media is kind of the and for the record, I'm absolutely not shocked at anything anymore. Just so I mean. No. Yeah. No. No. Especially, well, it, especially with these athletes, because I've said this before, we put them on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. We put them on a pedestal, and we we put them in places of importance in our lives that we shouldn't. I shouldn't care this much about Roger Goodell or Colin Kaepernick. True. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't be upset when Colin Kaepernick fumbles or when Everett Gosen fumbles for like the eighty million times. He's a twenty-three year old kid. Eleven billion times he fumbles. <laughs> So I shouldn't get upset. And and for those who know me, I have gotten a lot better in my anger and in managing my disappointment with my sports teams. I have. But we do. We do it. We'll express our disappointment, our outrage, and then we'll turn back around and do it all over again. Yeah. But, you know, I, Roger, listen, listen, listen. You listening? Step down from being the person who handles these things. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. All right, so we'll move on um, real quick, and I want to hit this topic, and we'll we'll because we haven't gotten in talking to any NCAA basketball, any college basketball, but I got to take a second. 
So the the big games happened this past week. Was it Monday, Tuesday? Right. Yeah, Monday. Uh, you no, had Duke versus Michigan State. Duke looked really good, and I'm a North Carolina fan, and that concerns me. Yeah, they did. Um, Quinn, Jaleel, Cook, Quinn Cook, Jaleel. Jaleel Okafor, Okafor looks like he's going to be nice. Yeah. Tyus Jones, second half, was really yeah. dope. Justice Winslow. They like and they, they got still a nice got spot. Solomon. I mean, and that's yeah, Su- Suleiman. 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 Yeah. yeah. It's not like it could be a Pokemon character. But anyway. Suleiman, I choose you. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> but, um, you In know, my Chris Cobbins voice. They look, they look pretty good. Um, but then the second game, the nightcap was the uh, Kentucky Wildcats against the, the Jayhawks. From KU, Trent is shaking his. No, it's Emporia. They played Emporia State. <laughs> the final score looked like they played Emporia State. Yeah. Um. Shouts out to UMKC beating Mizzou. By the way, how about yeah. that? Not, shouts out. That to was UMKC. very impressive. That was very. <laughs> but uh, John Calipari, I know you're not a fan of him. I think the man's a genius. Well, I feel like he's a genius in his own sense. I mean, he knows exactly how to cheat and get away with it. Like and move on i mean it's smart you know he, he he gets a new job before you know he gets caught so i mean i i find it but at the same time i'm a firm believer in that everybody cheats just certain people get caught you know um and we're going to get to that in just a second on I, all levels by the way i used to talk to Jawan smith who played for tennessee back in um 07 and uh like we were we were talking outside the gym one time and he's like man you know walter state community college coach when i was in my recruiting process handed me three racks I drove his Cadillac around for like two weeks. And he's like, he's like, I ended up walking on here at UT, you know? He's like, but. <laughs> now watch, now watch these comments get out on the internet. And then we're going to see Pat Forty from Yahoo. Jawan Smith accepted extra benefits from community college coach. He's currently playing in Istanbul. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but um, coach, and by the way, coach Kyle. Those slanderous statements from A Ward are not representative of it's a black and white thing. It's representative of the white thing. <laughs> so maybe not the black thing, Coach Cal. But <laughs> but no, but he put I have look, I've been watching college basketball and taking it seriously probably since I was about ten. Mm-hmm. I have never seen a lineup like never. that. Never. I look, and it, here's here's how I'm impre- I only watched ten minutes of the game because I saw all I need to see in ten minutes. <laughs> I saw a lineup of Marcus Lee, six foot eleven, Willie Cauley Stein, seven foot tall, uh, Carl from Anthony, Olathe, Willie from Cauley Olathe, Stein, from Olathe. Shout out Willie Cauley Stein, <laughs> and Carl Anthony Towns, a seven footer. Uh, I forget the, the the freshman point guard kid's name. I think it's Ulysses or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And then uh, Devin Booker, Melvin Booker's kid from Mizzou. You're a traitor, dude. You should have went to Mizzou. But anyway, <laughs> I saw that lineup, and I'm pretty sure metrics would tell you that that is the most inefficient lineup they have on the floor oh, because yeah. you have three centers playing at one time and it seemed like the whole point of the offense was put a shot up go get the shot if you have a good chance for a put back dunk it lay it up or kick it back out and let's start all over again right right and on the defensive end yeah because their half court offense i mean there wasn't a half court offense. there was no yeah. half court offense it was shoot Miss, rebound, dunk. What's crazy is they just played like a pickup ball mentality against the Kansas Jayhawks. Like, and look, I slander. Look, I'm I'm living Missouri. I've, I feel I, I have a little bit of that little brother syndrome because I live here. I feel like KU fans are, are arrogant. They are. Right. And, and so I've come to naturally dislike them. But I respect their team. They, well, yeah, they have, a reason, they, have, they have a reason to be arrogant. Just not as arrogant as they are. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, They dropped 
a 32-point butt kicking on the number five team the in the The Chiefs nation. scored more against the Patriots than the Kansas put on the scoreboard. No, is that then the Chiefs 41? 41? Oh, okay, you're yeah. right, you're right. And the Jayhawks had 40, yeah. I mean, and, and, and look, wait, and wait, no, this was crazy. They hit 11 field goals and, and Kentucky, 11, Kentucky blocked, blocked 11, 11 shots. shots. It is un- look, and, and Trent is like dying over here. And I'm, I'm not saying this to be slanderous. Like, I'm really not. I'm really marveling at what I yeah, saw. Yeah. yeah, this isn't the, yeah, this is the yeah, exact opposite. It's like part of you says, will Kentucky ever lose? But then just the sports knowledge side of you says, somebody's going to throw some crazy zone against them. And they're gonna get rattled, get behind. These young so. kids might not handle it well, and I don't think so because I, and it would probably be Tennessee that beats them. Shout out to Tennessee. Coach Cal has has finally it's finally happened where the majority of his talented kids did not leave, and I often wonder what would happen. Right, and now we're seeing what happens. Julius Randall might not even be on one of these platoons. <laughs> <laughs> like let's be honest <laughs> and look i you know i'm a north carolina fan in college basketball and i've seen like the 09 team that roy had mm-hmm. was incredibly talented i mean zeller got hurt that year they had zeller they had marvin williams on the front line they had um hansborough on the front line they had Deion thompson on the front line i think ed davis was there they had a f- talented front line right. but they were not as tall and as athletic I mean, I saw them off the break. You got three seven footers sprinting the floor, Crazy. like like they're small forts. Right. I mean, it is. If they lose, it will be because of injuries, freak injuries happening to them, or the referees just decide to go. This isn't unfair. We're just going to call a bunch the of thing. fouls. It's like they could foul out three guys. <laughs> I didn't even mention Dakari Johnson. Exactly. <laughs> Who's going to be a top probably ten pick? Willie Lyles is six nine, and he's playing a three. Right. And and oh yeah, the Harrison twins play there too. And they're six six. I've never seen a team with this much size it's before. Ridiculous, man. From from their from the one to the five, I've never seen a team this tall before. And so again, I just had to take a moment just to marvel at what I saw. Because again, I mean Carolina has to play them December thirteenth, I think. And I'm I'm not expecting look, if you guys can keep it within twenty, you will get a standing ovation from me. Because I just expect this team to be kind of like the ninety one UNLV team. Uh, the undefeated uh, Indiana team in the 70s. Yeah. I'm expecting the 01 Duke team. Now, like that. I don't want to get this too because Kansas played woeful. I mean, they, they really did. They didn't play great. They shot 44% from the free throw line. I think they left 14 free throws on the board. They shot in the first half, they were 8 for 20. So you lose by 18 instead look, of 32? But that's what I'm saying. Like, in the first half, I think they're 8 for 20 or something like that, and they're down 10. So, you know, even if they – obviously, they're not going to go 20 for 20. But if they come reasonably, you know, at 14 to 15 for 20, um, you know, and shoot 65 to 70%, you know, they're down by a bucket. But look what then you're the saying. Then the mindset changes. But look what but, you're saying, though. Exactly. But you free, said 65 to 70%. From the free throw line. Oh, from the free throw line. Yeah, okay, from okay, the free okay, throw okay. line. If they shoot 65 to 70% from the free throw line, they're down by a bucket. Then your whole mindset changes. You know, you actually kind of feel like you might be in the game. So I don't want people to think, oh, Kentucky is going to route everybody by 30 points. I don't feel like they are. I feel like they are. <laughs> I feel like they're going, they're going to spank everyone they play. But continue. I hope Kentucky makes it as a number one seed overall and Wichita State gets the eight seed. And then Wichita State plays them in the second round. That would be sweet redemption. Them. Yeah, that would be that'd pretty be sweet. sweet. Redemption, but. Shout out Fred Van Fleet. Yeah, yeah and uh, what's the other kid? Baker. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of his first name, yeah. but – 
I can see him. He's he's pretty good. I think it's Ron. I think it is Ron Baker. I want to say Ron Weasley. Shout out to Harry Potter. (laughs) But anyway. (laughs) But anyway. The fact of the matter is, Kentucky is freaking awesome. Just like they said, I know I'm stealing it from SportsCenter, but they're – First five could be number one in the nation, and their second, second five, five could, could be, be number, number two in the nation. Two, yeah. And then the white kid that came in that was like the 11th man still scored like six points and probably would start for any team in the SEC. It's ridiculous. I've never, like I said, never seen anything like it. So shout out to Coach Kyle. The, I mean, to his genius, the NBA, the pro draft he had, the comp, the combine he had at Kentucky, this is why kids play for him. I was so mad because I thought for a second that Kansas fans were really going to say like, wow, they are good. We just got killed. And the only thing I hear is, yep, Coach Cal has the best team money can buy. And I'm just like, I, and, and, and I am, uh, I'm not a big fan of Coach Cal, but it's like, really, guys? I saw a tweet. You just got stomped. Like, you just got a mud hole stomped in you. And that. I, this, is, this is the KUA. They get beat, and then they go 12 straight conference championships. Ex- don't even get me started Two on national that. titles. And they like I saw this I saw this tweet that listed the resume. This is this is what they this is their blankie. This is this is their security blanket line. It's when they lose, they go back to touting Big 12 superiority. And it's nice that in 12 years they haven't had a team like Kentucky in their conference. <laughs> yeah, that's I true. mean, that's true too. They haven't had anybody that was just a legitimate national championship contender. Maybe Texas the year that they had Durant he, they weren't a contender. But they weren't even, like, think about it. If you have another national championship contender in your conference, I mean, years that LSU, uh, years that Florida won the national championship, I think LSU with Tyrus. Uh, Tyrus Thomas and, was just, and Brandon I mean, Bass, and even, Big you, Baby. You, there was teams, you know, that, that but I just, anyway, I digress. I'm now, that's slander, KU fans. That, that was slander. That I'm not a big fan beat. of it because you get two chances to win the championship. If you don't win in the regular season, you can win it in the conference, you know. And it's like, okay, cool. But that's enough college basketball for now. We're getting a little bit more yep. of that. Actually, this is this is a tie-in. So these next two things, this is a segue. The college basketball committee is thinking about emulating the college football committee and in February revealing the top four seeds in each region at in the moment. That's too much change. I like how college basketball has it. I agree. So now, this leads into the segue that I want to get into. So the college football committee has, they've been revealing their top four since week eight. I was a little bit, little bit skeptical. Right. Now I'm totally against it. So here's my idea. Figures. Here, oh, come on. You know, in journalism, they tell you to be, that skepticism is like the top thing you should carry with you at all times. You should always, oh, really? be, you should always be skeptical. You should always be critical. Um, not that you going to be offering a pencil cri- come on you're not that you're going to be offering criticism but you always want to be critical you never want to be too comfortable with with, with ideas you always want gotcha. to turn them around so anyway so they if this is my idea what they should do if they're going to continue to rank teams they should not do away with preseason polling right week eight then you start to rank one through 25 okay either that or shut up mm-hmm. until you re- the fi- until the season's done. Championship games are over and everything. Championship games are over, and you're revealing, kind of like they do with Selection Sunday, you know who's going to be the number one overall seed to number 68. Right. Because it, it puts them in the place to be inconsistent. Mm-hmm. So here's what I mean. When Notre Dame got ready to play Arizona State, Arizona State jumped Notre Dame at number eight, uh, yeah, eight. and Notre Dame was nine. And mm-hmm. their reason for doing so was they played a common opponent, Stanford. And they said they that – Arizona State looked better 
playing Stanford than Notre Dame did. Okay, I'm, I would have accepted that had Notre Dame and Stanford not played in the monsoon. Right. I mean, it was it was. If barely, you're going to take into one, you know, you have to take everything yeah, into consideration. consideration. Yeah. When they talked about having Mississippi State be ranked fourth, and I think TCU fifth, they talked about there's this new criteria called game control. Which is this is, this is so stupid. Like again, this is yeah. what I'm saying. This is just the, the more they talk about this process, the more convoluted and dumb it sounds. So just go away, don't say anything for like uh, until the season's over, or like I said, do away with preseason rankings. Period. Which they don't rank people, but I feel like they take that into consideration. So I'm gonna pick on the SEC. Okay, uh, I don't think there's an SEC bias. I do think they get the benefit of the doubt. You sent me that article about how the that SEC such a great article. is is a dominant conference and has been dominant for the past 10 years. Gosh, that was a great article. I, I'll concede that. However, to me, the reason why Mississippi State is, is ranked... because of the rankings. It's because of the rankings, but also because they're giving them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, Long, Jeff Long, the AD at, at Arkansas said, uh, let me let me make sure I get this right. Bama. They totally contradicted themselves. Yes. First off, and and obviously I'm an SEC fan, so they said Bama had a convincing win, and that's why they were number one. And then they said Mississippi State. They never felt like they were out of the game. Never were out of the game, and that's why they stayed at number four. And when and I heard that, I just thought to myself, "Well, that's about the dumbest thing I've ever heard." Well, and here's the other part: if you look at Mississippi State's resume with them losing. Not with the with who they are yet to play, but with who they played and who they beaten. Auburn has fallen apart. Right. Um, L- to A&M has, you know, they had a little a, a brief bounce back, but they lost to Mizzou. I don't, th- I don't think they're in the top twenty-five anymore. No, they're not. After they lost um, to Mizzou, LSU is not in the top twenty-five anymore. TCU's best win is against K State. K State is, I think, twelve. Right. Based on just who has the best win. They should be. They beaten West Virginia. West Virginia's equality is now being considered a quality win. I mean, it's, gonna, it's a conference bias. I mean, it's a conference bias, you know. And it's just about who you beat, when you beat them, and who you lost to when you lost to them. Well, and here's the here's the other realization that I came to is that this isn't that much different than the BCS. It's not. No. Except with, you know, they have the smarts to, you know, rank Florida State third, which I think is ridiculous. I'm not going to say it's ridiculous, but to continually not Florida State. Right. I'm a firm believer in to be the man, you got to beat the man. I mean, like in boxing, you know, you got to beat the champ, you know. And so I understand that like you were like we talked about this week, you know, at the end of the day, a win is a win. I think that if the ACC was just a little bit more competitive. Yeah, but here's here's my here's my point on that. So with Florida State, yes, they squeaked by NC State, Louisville, which Louisville has a top ten defense. Yeah. They squeaked Miami. by Notre Dame. Um, Miami is putrid. They're they're getting better. They though. are. They're getting better, and so they they're undefeated. Like they're undefeated, and they continue to win. And at some point, you have to honor that. You have to honor that that they are the champs, right. and that they are getting in a Power Five conference. Everyone's best shot. Mm-hmm. You have yep. to honor that. So I mean, you know, I'm. I was so upset Duke lost this weekend. They lost to Virginia Tech, right? Yeah. That really upset. I like Duke. I mean, I know I you're a Cutcliffe guy, so yeah, that's like why. Him. But but the other part of that is it's not too much different from the BCS. And from a scheduling standpoint, there's no reason for the SEC to change what they do. No. 
they can continue to schedule Western Carolina during the week 11. They can continue to play, you know, Wisconsin's and kind of the mid-majors. But the one thing you heard about when this college football playoff was coming around was, well, now you're going to see Bama play Oregon and you're going to see, you know, you know, well, Auburn and K-State is one. They have a home at home. You're going to see more of these huge matchups, but there's no incentive because if you lose the game, it's just going to be held against you. Right, right. So, you know, I, I enjoy I don't know, man. Like I told you, I'm a, uh, you know, I like the rankings. I, I mean, I think to myself, you know, I think teams and head coaches know where they're ranked. They know who's ranked in front of them, and they know how much they got to beat that opponent by this week to jump them. You know, well, I mean, and you take to, away the rankings, you're going to have teams. I mean, which in, you should anyway, but you're going to have teams blowing teams out of the water. There's going to be no remorse. It's going to be because we don't know where they got us ranked. So we want to put as many points up as possible look, every week so that at the end of the day, they can say that we convincingly stomped. <laughs> I'm a Notre Dame fan. And when they play Arizona State, to me, the final score was 41-31. When Arizona State scored the touchdown to go up, up 10, yeah, to me, the yeah, game was... ended. Because then you had the pick six, mm-hmm. which the ball bounced off of what you call, off of Corey Robinson. And then you had the final touchdown where they went for it on fourth down to score. Right. Because you were style points yeah, make style a difference. style points make a difference, yeah. So, I mean, it, to me, again, it doesn't – nothing changes. It's, it's just a different name. It, it really a, is. I mean, it really – it really is. And, and so, um, like I said, there, there's no point in, in rescheduling. So, uh, last topic, and we can call it a night, um, and, and this one is dear to my heart, for the UNC paper class scandal. So, you had the paper class that went on from, two, from nine, at least we know, 1993 through 2011. Sure. Um, they had an Afri- African-American studies class. And these type of classes are not – foreign right to to colleges but you had a paper class where basically all they had to do was just show up once or write a paper that wasn't you know checked so you had plagiarism going on people were just copying information off of wikipedia 3100 students in north carolina's school's academic system went through the class half of them um were student athletes or you know football players basketball players you know and some of them were on the basketball team again i'm a north carolina fan um, and there, there's talk about the 05 title being stripped, whatever. So here's my point. I've argued this, and I, I posted this on the Notre Dame message board, and they killed me. But I said the NCAA should not punish Notre Dame. I mean, it should not punish North Carolina. Okay. They should. The NCAA should act as a probation officer because one, they're not they're not the one who is exposing these schools. It's a journalistic. Uh, it's from a journalistic mode. So you got Yahoo, ESPN, whoever is exposing the schools for right. the wrongdoing. They come in and do their investigation and, and impose sanctions, right? They should not impose sanctions. Again, they should allow the school to fix itself to because that's what Carolina is doing. They've already started the process. They should allow the schools to try to get themselves together, fix what's going on. And then they should have a person who they have to report to. To say this is these are the steps that we're taking, right? And then throughout the years, throughout however many years they impose this probation or this pro- probationary period, then they can follow up. And then if the school is not meeting the standards that they have set forth, then we can talk about some type of penalties where we take away scholarships because most of the time, by the time these things find out, the people who are involved in it have left. We're talking about twenty years. Right, but you're going to punish kids who had nothing to do with it. But you're talking about kids. This, I mean, this program built their legacy 
on I kids. Go that far. I mean, so, I mean, this dates back to Dean Smith. This dates back to well. They, I mean, well, I read they, the article about Larry Brown mentioned today. You know, they, well, they said uh, if I think they cleared Dean, they cleared Dean, and so they basically laid it at the feet of I'm trying to think, Bill Guthridge. Okay, because uh, Dean left. No, he he was there at the '93. I take that back. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, and I'm just thinking to myself, it's like you build a legacy on you know some of these students that are not. I don't know, man. I, I mean, I don't know. I I just. Uh, um, well, well, here's my other reason: is you can't legislate against scumbag. Okay. So if you look at the death penalty that SMU got, did it stop boosters from giving people, giving players money? No. You look at Ty Gurley. You look at Jameis Winston. You look at Manziel. You look at AJ Green. You look at Reggie Bush. You look at Jadavion Clowney. Athletes who have been in the crosshairs of the NCAA for accepting illegal benefits or for signing their names and for autographs, right? For, for for gaining money off their likeness, you're not going to stop it. No, there's always going to be some scumbag uh, autograph dealer who wants the top guy's autograph and who will make pay him under the table to do it. You're never going to stop it. So that's why I say you shouldn't punish these schools and these kids. You have to allow them the chance to reform. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, act as a probationary officer. Have follow-up appointments, check up on them, make sure things are changing. The fact of the matter is nobody cares. I mean, that's not true. People care. care, But at the end of the day, when it comes to sports, I mean, you put five guys on the court, they play the other five guys, whether they got all A's or all F's, you know, we won. Shout out to Memphis, USC. I mean, you know, yeah, you get your trophies taken away or you get your games forfeited or whatever, but everybody knows. Right, and they won. They were better, and that's what I'm saying. The 05 team, you can take the banner down. You can write, wipe their name from the record books. I still have the Sports Illustrated with Sean May on the cover. Right, you're not taking that away. You're not taking away the memory exactly. of that from me. So, so that's you know, Mark Emmert. I'm here for you. I'm here for everybody. All right. I'm very. I'm. A, I'm. I'm critical, but I'm not critical for the sake of being critical. I'm offering up solutions, and that's what separates me from a lot of these people. I. <laughs> So, all right, crazy prediction before we leave. All right, what's that? Tennessee beats Missouri. Oh, yo, okay. So, t- yeah, because you were talking kind of big, because you were like, you know, if Dobbs would have been starting, then you know, we would we would have a, a lot better record. Yeah, like I, I mean, part of me is a little upset with Butch Jones, but part of me understands a little bit. I mean, Josh Dobbs is obviously the more talented, better quarterback. First off, uh, Justin Worley's a senior. Um, Josh Dobbs. He's a sophomore. sophomore. Um, you know, he they tried to register him last year. Justin Worley got injured in the South Carolina game. He had to finish the last four games, so burned his red shirt. So this year, coming into uh, you know off season, coming into the spring game, I mean, Josh Dobbs was the quarterback. He was the best one in the spring game. You know, just you know, well, find out Worley wins the starting job. You know, with a two true freshmen starting on the offensive line, and. Um, and and Worley being a senior, you know, say, well, let's redshirt him again. Because, I mean, Butch Jones knows that Tennessee is on their way back. I mean, if they could get three years out of Josh Dobbs after this year, you know, um, you know, with the guys that we brought in the last two recruiting classes. So I, I kind of understand it. Um, but now that when you look at it, I mean, Justin Worley injured again because obviously um, he's been sacked 30, I think, 32 times or something like that. Some ridiculous amount um, in the first, because he's a pocket passer, you know? Nobody ever thought he would hold on to the ball in a read option. And so he gets hurt. 
we bring in Josh Dobbs, uh, burn his red shirt. And, I mean, since then, I understand uh, that the stats are a bit padded because, one, we've played a South Carolina team that a lot of teams have put up uh, points on. Um, and, and a Kentucky team that was kind of on the, the downfall, as per to say, after starting 5-1. and one. Um, but, but after the first quarter of the Alabama game, I mean, this guy has been spectacular. I mean, he, there's articles on NFL.com about him as an emergent star. I mean, he has done nothing but, I mean, just, you know, energize this team. And our defense has played well all year. All year long, our defense has played well. And so, um, I mean, I've got, I've got the utmost confidence in it. And it, like I said, it's a, it's a, I, I hate the fact that he had to burn the red shirt. Um, but at the same time, now I'm thinking like, man, you know, if he would have thrown Dobbs in there when Worley got hurt in the two series we played against Georgia, you know, and we lost, you know, 35-32. Or two years if, in a row, heartbreak. I'm yeah. To them too. Yeah. Or if he, I mean, if Dobbs had played against Florida and lost 10 to 9, you know, like, I mean, you're looking at eight or nine wins this year, you know, and the only losses coming against Ole Miss, Oklahoma, Alabama, and um, let's see who else. I mean, I guess I guess if we, if we wanted to count Georgia's loss, but Ole Miss, Oklahoma, Alabama, you know, and maybe 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 Georgia. But you're looking at eight and four, and then you're looking at Tennessee. Like, oh, Tennessee just finished eight and four. You know, yeah. maybe they are. You know, you know. And so instead of um, a possible, so I think. Um, I think that this weekend that Tennessee wins. I think that they win by double digits too, um, which Ole is Miss. a bold. Ole Miss was the other loss. Yeah, Ole Miss, uh, which is a bold, uh, a bold statement. But um, I was at the game last time Missouri came to Knoxville. Um, Matt Mock to me has just been a bonehead. Um, he just makes bonehead plays. He just, I mean, his. If you look at Missouri in the last few games, I mean, they have been atrocious offensively, other than the running attack last week right. against the Texas A&M team that. Alabama put 52 points on. And they were missing, uh, forget the kid's name, the fresh Miles Garrett. They right. missing Miles Garrett. Um, so, you know, you're looking at, um, you know, Missouri, they beat Florida 42-13, to 13, and they scored one offensive touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. And since then, they beat Kentucky 20-10. to 10. You know, Tennessee, obviously, we just beat Kentucky 50-16 to 16 the next week. You know, so, I mean, I feel like, you know, at home, um, but the thing is going to be, can we control the run game? We just lost our senior middle linebacker for the um, for the rest of the season, yeah, SEC yeah. leading tackler. So um, I got I got confidence in it. So I'm predicting Tennessee um, to win this game, uh, 34 to uh, 20. So okay, I'm going to take Mizzou. Um, I'm big on the Marcus Golden Shane Ray bandwagon. Okay, defensive um, ends. Yeah, defensive ends. Those guys guys have been terrors. Uh, Shane Ray has set the single season sack record. Sack record for Missouri, uh, taking that from Alden Smith. Um, so I'm going to take them. I'm going to say the defense is going to do enough and the offense makes enough plays. You're right. Matty Mock scares the daylights out of me. Somebody I'm, I'm more afraid of than Everett Golson every time he just steps, drops back. Uh, although in Everett's defense, a lot of his stuff is snake-bitten, yeah. you know, interceptions, tipped. He's getting hit as he throws, whatever. Um, but so that's number one. Number two, you're confident. So let's put a wager on this. And I'm not wagering anything because you're the one who's confident. Okay. You And this is just simple. You have to wear Missouri gear for a week. A week? A week. I have to go buy it too? Uh, You know, I'll get you the hat. 
we can we'll get the hat or something. It won't be nothing super expensive. We're poor. Okay. We're poor here. Just like just so you know. Well, I'm poor. Let me speak for myself. <laughs> a word is singing. All right. If Tennessee loses, okay. Tell you what. If Tennessee loses by no, no. If Tennessee loses outright, look, up, outright, no spread, outright. Yep. If they lose. If they lose, doesn't matter if you have, you have a heartbreaking Laquan Treadwell right. leg as he's scoring a touchdown. They lose. You have to wear a Mizzou hat for a week. I'll tell you what, instead of wearing the hat for a week. Oh, no, no, no. You have to wear the hat. I'll take a picture of me wearing the hat, and it'll be my profile picture for a week. You Okay, I can, I can, I can, I can deal with that. I can deal with that. And I need, I need updates. So I need you like at, at work, on lunch break, in the bank, <laughs> selfies with the hat. Like, we, Pause, I, man. I want, I, want, <laughs> I want updates throughout the week. Like I want to see you on the road with this hat. Let's not, let's not forget that. Tennessee's defensive line is actually very good too. And Derek Barnett is a true freshman and last week he also passed up Jadavion Clowney's record who You talking big game, brother. You, you know, talking big game. So I'm just I get I'm tomorrow I, I will go I will go buy a hat. Would you like would you prefer a snapback or would you prefer just the cheapest one, man. Just the cheapest one. <laughs> if you want to just get me one like the old, you know, the old trucker, school ball the caps, okay, you okay. Know, whatever you, whatever you, okay. nothing pink. No, I wouldn't. Although, see, oh no, no, that was actually a stipulation. Oh no, so it, okay, okay, you you got it out on the table before I could say pink hat. Dang, I wish I would have thought of that. So okay, so everyone, you hear this? Give me one with a fish hook on it. <laughs> it's deer season. So that's the stipulation. Mizzou wins. Award has to wear a hat. He has to make it as his profile. If picture. Tennessee wins. You just have to post a status that just says Rocky Top with all can, exclamation points. I would. I have no problem doing that. I'm a. I'm a fan. I, I enjoy a good story. This would make Tennessee Bowl eligible. Yep. So that gives them some more practice Which, time to get better. I. I mean, we're going to be bowl eligible next week against Vanderbilt. I mean, I. I feel like we're going to take Vanderbilt out. So I, I. feel like this is not necessarily as. It's not as big to us as it is Missouri. Right. Right. Because they got to keep winning. So yeah. So, but I still think that we got a point to prove. Okay, so cool, cool. So that's the that's the deal. If Mizzou wins, he has to wear a hat. Take a take it as a profile picture. I am adding the stipulation that he has to give us different shots. You know, he's out with his girl. I need a picture with the hat on. Like I, I so so that's my stipulation. No take backs. No modifications to this deal. And if they if the Volunteers win, I will on Twitter and Facebook. Okay. Um, I even get on Vine and say Rocky Top. All right. So. So that's the deal. So that's the show for tonight. We thank you for listening. Please give us feedback. We'd love to hear from Sing Rocky you. Top. I can't. I don't know Rocky Top. Oh, if I man. knew it, I, I wish would, I would do it. Trent, at the end of this segment, you just start to play Rocky Top. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. So we're gonna add that. In so there. that's the deal. I will. I will post on the social networks. Rocky Top is a one LP. Facebook.com slash a one LP. A one LP. Did you say Rocky Twitter. Tops? I don't think I did. Okay. We can run it back. He can run it back. I might have. You know, you're not like one of those people that calls people, it this Sonics. Is, no, yeah. but this is what oh black people gosh. do, especially from I the south. Stand now, do, does your family? Does your family do that in the south? Like, say Sonics and put S's on everything unnecessarily. No. no. Okay, so that must be a black thing because that you know we going to Walmart's. We're going yeah, to no. Sonics. Yeah, I, I never heard that. In my yes, life. you know we that's that's what black people do. We put S's on things unnecessarily. <laughs> so. um <laughs> So yeah, so you know, until next time, this oh, is the black. Oh, it's the black. And oh, my bad, my bad. <laughs> oh, hold up, before we go, before we go, one thing. 
this weekend I'm going to be on a panel. Uh, it's the Wendy L show. Great show, by the way. I was on a panel last month. Yeah, yeah. Trent, I believe you were too. Well, I believe you were too. So going to be on on her panel, uh, the Wendy L show. It's it is taped. time considerate. The panel is time considerate. So just remember <laughs> that. It'll be taping this weekend at uh, Christian Fellowship Baptist Church. That is 4509 Truth. I believe it starts promptly at 7 o'clock. Yep. Come out, man. Come be in the audience. It's going to be a good time. I believe she gets the audience involved as she well. She does. It's a lot of questions. Fun. It's a lot so of fun. So come support, come support the sister, man. If you're, if you're in the Kansas City area, come support her. Um, she's doing a thing uh, with her show and with booking. The Raiders are moving the ball, by the way. Yes, they um, are. So... So um, I'm trying to think anything else. Also, shout out to the homie DJ Trey for hosting us. Uh, the mood, I said, I almost said mood music. I almost uh, went Joe Button. Shout yeah. out to Joe Button. The, <laughs> the music <laughs> microwave podcast is where you can find DJ Trey. He's at podomatic.com backslash MMP. Yep. Or you can hit him up on facebook.com backslash MMP, right? Is that right? MMP. Or Twitter.com, um, Music Microwave Podcast. That's you can it. search that. So that's the homie. So once again, come support uh, homegirl Wendy L. Yep. Um, support my homie DJ Trey. Go you get really the Dylan Chase album. Get who? Go get the Dylan Chase album. I just want to throw that in. Yeah, there. Dylan Chase. We, we, no, we, we shout out. Yeah, this is what we do. This people. is all family, you know. Yep. Um, also, on the, the next episode of the Mood, oh, why do I want to say Mood Music? Uh, the Music Microwave Podcast, please listen to Lyric Court. Dre Sr., if you're out there listening, listen to Lyric Court, okay? So, until next time, it is a, it's a black and a white thing. We'll holler at y'all next week, man. Peace.